This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Welcome to Talking Halo. This is Derek C. Paul, my co-host, my partner in crime tonight, John Crane, for a early week podcast. Pardon me for missing last night. A little bit of the stomach bug, plus trying to get back from the Rams game in Pittsburgh. Oof, bad combination. Surviving, though. John, are you? You surviving? I had a great weekend. Uh, yeah, I really did. I had a memorable weekend. But first, first and foremost, I want to wish you and... All other veterans, I know Nick out there, uh, happy Veterans Day, and we appreciate uh, your sacrifice. Well, really appreciate that, and it was, a, it was an honor to serve our country. It was a bit long been something that I take pride in, and uh, thanks, for, thanks for noticing and remembering. But you had a story as well, and that story was, well, Mike Sosha? Well, Mike Sosha. So Tell us I the mean, story. If this isn't just a, a strange, okay, it, as if it, if anybody listens knows, my wife has had a crush on Mike Sosha since the sixth grade, and since uh, running into him and taking pictures of him, a lot of people say that keeps telling me that I look like his brother. So I don't know if this is part of the reason why my wife is married to me. But anyways, long story short, a couple uh, Mike Sosha's last spring, we took uh, uh, that was the only picture I got on uh, was uh, my wife with Mike Sosha and with a huge grin on her face because uh, it really made her it made her day. Um, anyways, and uh, my wife also went to a, a Catholic prayer breakfast a couple we- a couple months ago where he was the key keynote speaker and got a picture with him. So she's kind of a, a mild stalker. And you know me, I'm always stalking anybody who's a member of the Angels organization. So anyway, so we go to see Rob Lowe out in Thousand Oaks, California, which is kind of a drive for us. Uh, he has a one-man stage show. It's actually very entertaining. My wife is a big fan of his. And uh, I've read both of his books, but enough about Rob Lowe. After we leave the show, 
We go out to, to our car parked in the parking garage on the third floor, and lo and behold, I have a flat tire. My rear passenger tire is flat. So I know a company that I happen to work for called AAA. So I called AAA just to have them come out and fill up some air in there because it was a slow leak and I figured I'd get out of there. So we're waiting for AAA and the parking garage is emptying, is emptied out for the most part. And all of a sudden I hear this voice and I turn around and I look and Mike Sosha is on the other side of the car parked directly next, directly next door to us, letting his wife into her car into the car and they also had a passenger in the back. I'm not sure who that was. But anyways, my wife begins frantically saying, turn on the car, roll down the window, turn on the car, roll down the window, roll down the window. Finally, he walks around and I'm trying to grab my keys and she opens her door to like say hi to him and stops him. And then I get out of my car and I walk around. It's not as ominous as it sounds, but I wouldn't doubt we might have startled him just a little bit. But uh, anyways, I just walked up to him and said, and told, you know, told, you know, can I get a picture of Mr. Socha? I said, my wife's had two, taken two pictures with you, and I've never gotten to take a picture with you. And he couldn't have been kinder. Uh, couldn't have been. Uh, he's just a, just a class guy, just a class guy. His wife and, and somebody else who may have been his daughter was in the back seat. And uh, so he, uh, and I shared the picture and. On Halo's Nation, I have over 500 likes. I've never posted anything that had over 500 likes. Uh, so he's still got fans. I know we got a lot of negativity towards Socha. We heard that the last couple of years. There's a lot of people out there that still uh, like and appreciate Mike Socha and what he brought to this team and uh, and miss him. And I miss him. Well, that, that actually takes me to our lead story. But before we actually get to that lead story, we do just want to say that, hey, we are still a very young podcast. And if you like what we're doing, we really appreciate a review over at Apple Music or even a subscription. So if you have a chance, we'd really appreciate a five-star review. Help us move the charts. If you want to earn that review, please email us at talkinghandles.gmail.com. Give us your feedback. If you're a new listener and enjoying the show, we would appreciate a favor here. Please text a fellow Angels fan and let them know about our podcast. It would definitely mean the world to us. And now moving into that story, I just want to ask the question here. If Mike Sosha's regarded as well as he is, and I have no reason to think differently. I regard him very well as well. How on earth is he getting no interviews with eight openings this past offseason? That's right. There's a, a L.A. Times article out this week. Saying that, saying that nobody has even interviewed Tosha. Why do you think that is? Well, Jared, I, I think when Jared was on, we actually kind of covered this. You know, Mike Sosha is an old school manager who really didn't, I think, and that's part of the reason why they non-renewed him. He, di- he didn't really uh, uh, morph, or what is the word, uh, cross over into the analytical end of the game. And I think also the fact that Jared also mentioned too that you can hire these uh, these managers who are analytical at at a at a pretty low price uh, because they're younger guys tend to be. Um, I, I was surprised when I read that article today to learn that um, Mike Sosha is actually five years younger than Joe Madden, uh, so he's a, he's still a young guy. Um, I just I don't know if. I mean, I hope of all hopes he does get another job, but 
I think the salaries of, of veteran managers like him when and also his um, for everything I understand, Joe, I mean, obviously, Joe Madden did kind of uh, cross over into the analytical. He's he's uh, got both both ends of the spectrum as far as that goes. And and I have and like I said, part of the reason that I think Sosha was non-renewed, I know Sosha was non-renewed, was because of that inability to uh, to accept the analytical side of the game. He's a first-class human being. He's a Hall of Famer in my eyes, definitely as a manager. Um, but I don't know. I don't know if there's a role for him in baseball. I sure hope there is, and I will be. I will uh, become a rooting fan of that. In addition, whatever team uh, decides to uh, take him on, if that does happen, I wonder if it's just the reputation that he got towards the end of his tenure. What I mean by that is. Something he had a bad reputation, but the the clubhouse was believed to be under his control. They were behind on analytics, so I'm just wondering if that's it. Is that just the belief that he would not engage analytics or more of a, a modern clubhouse, or is it they feel maybe he's getting up there in age? I don't know, but to me, if you are a person who was as successful as he was as a manager, I would think people would be knocking on his door, wanting to talk to him, and nobody is. Was he a flawed manager? Everybody's flawed. Did he make some mistakes throughout the course of his career? Sure, absolutely. But so does everybody else. So what's the, what's the deal here that one of the best managers of his generation is not getting an interview when we have a bunch of first-time managers out there, it just blows my mind. Not even in the well, it. I mean, I got the impression, and and again, I was not real uh, detail orientated at the time of that all this went down, especially with Depoto. He didn't get a lot right because Depoto was more in, in had more analytical leanings, correct? And he was kind of my, my way or the highway power struggle between the two, which I think Sosha apparently one am i wrong in my understanding of that did i understand because i wasn't really a yeah, detailed well, what, like what, i said what, i wasn't a detailed fan during that time but that was my understanding was socia and depoto clashed and socia won um well that's what i'm thinking i'm thinking about in terms of a, a power fight so like you know th- these two forces go at it in the clubhouse front office clubhouse and social wins and yeah he wins them but was it due to his reputation beyond that amongst other teams i don't know well i hadn't even heard it mentioned until i think i heard both you and jared mention about his the attitude in the clubhouse and that um you wouldn't know it when you meet the man because he's a kind, warm, gentle man. But that uh, got the impression from you and you and Jared that he kind of had a very strict, uh, strict uh, tone in the clubhouse. Is that is that what you, you have heard? What I heard was that he was, I would say, rigid in his in how he ran a clubhouse. It was structured. It was it wasn't the kind of clubhouse that everybody did things their own way. You did things Mike Sosha's way. I mean, he, he, was a, he was a catcher. He was a hard-nosed, gritty catcher who 
played the game the way it was meant to be played. He managed the game like it was meant to be managed before analysts came across. And so when you have a game like that, when you manage a game like that, when you're in an era like that, you're going to do things a certain structured way. I never heard that he was, you know, any kind of, he didn't mistreat people, but it was his clubhouse. It wasn't anybody else's clubhouse, that's for sure. And so my, my thought process is, I'm wondering if that has fall along with him over the course of time. Well, it seems to be that there must be some sort of, and I, I don't want to use the word authoritarian, but yeah, a real, you know, I rigid or because that seems to be the celebration of Joe Madden, who, even though he was in that same clubhouse uh, when they won the World Series with Mike Sosha and is that he does seem to have a lighter, uh, lighter attitude, a more uh, free spirited uh, far as the players are concerned. So I think the fact that everybody's celebrating that and pointing out what, which is what I had first heard, which was why, like I said, okay, we got a new manager. I wasn't really on the Joe Madden, uh, not that I wasn't on it, but I wasn't like excited because again, I'm still still waiting to sign players. That's when I'm going to get excited. But after the press conference and and all the play and who he's talking to the players and he said everything right, and the players talking about him. I changed my attitude and saw that this guy is obviously uh, revered by a lot of angels, uh, historical, current, and past. Um, so I don't know if it's just so by by the by the fact that he's being celebrated so much, and I, I think that kind of reflects on Sosha that apparently Sosha was a little a uh, lot tighter, a more uh, ran a tighter, uh, maybe not fun uh, atmosphere. I, don't, I mean, I don't think you stick around the game as a manager for as long as you did and not be a fun atmosphere. I don't think that. I think that. I think it has more to do with the fact that he's sixty-ish, right? He's sixty. He's has you know didn't his last years with the Angels weren't the best. There was a power struggle there. He probably has a little more reputation of being a little bit rigid. But to say the team they didn't have fun, I don't really see that. I don't really see that at all. I didn't see it either, but that's just the impression I got. And by the way, Joe, and I've already said it, but I'll say it again. Joe Madden's five years older than Mike Sosha, which, again, that set me back. I didn't realize that. Yeah. yeah but- so, it's, so age is kind of, a, I mean, I understand in the, in the probably the average age of managers, Sosha's, Sosha's on the, you know, on the, so the, the older side, the, the mature side, but uh, the manager we just hired is five years older than the manager we, well, the two managers ago. So, but social was a social was a business, business, business thinker. There, he had a ship to run. He wanted to run as smoothly as possible. I kind of viewed him as a CEO with some grit. Like you know, he was a catcher who took all the hard shots. He was the guy who made all the calls and it was if the business was going to fall or fail, go bankrupt, i.e. if his team was going not going to make the playoffs, he, w- he was to make sure it was on him. It was his responsibility, not anybody else's. And sometimes when you take that much responsibility on yourself, the actual failures do come back to haunt you a little bit. And I think those last 10 years, although a lot of it wasn't his fault, because about to get you, I think possibly his resistance or the club's resistance to analytics can play into it. But now we're just speculating because we don't know for sure. 
Well, one thing, and what I, I always think it, it, people tend to look at people who've, you know, Mike Sosha did have a very successful managing career and playing career. And at, at the end of the article, he says, you know, I'm not really, he says, he's quoted, he's not, I'm not really looking for anything. I'm having a great time. I feel good. What will be, what will be. I'm just living. And the Mike Sosha I saw the other night was a guy who looked like he was just having a great time, feeling good. Very warm, like I said, very warm. Uh, you know, he was out obviously seeing the same show that I was seeing. Um, he he lives out there. So, um, but I mean, I, I just think it's funny how we look at like people, and I'm not sure that I'm not saying that I don't think he wants to work again because I don't know that I just I don't think I believe that. But if he didn't want to work again, he's got he's got more than enough money to survive. I I guess what I was thinking, I always think about these like one hit people or these people that had a big career and then they disappear and people go, where'd they go? Oh, I don't know. They just have millions of dollars and they're living they're, they're living a nice, quiet, you know, life away from the spotlight. Oh, boo hoo. I feel sorry for them. So, I mean, even if he were to never manage again or even coach again, uh I don't think he's if he's 60 years old, I don't think that's a tragedy. I just don't know. I just don't know. We don't know. I mean, I hope he gets another shot. I hope that he gets another opportunity to finish his career the way he'd like to finish it. But it's going to take I think the right team, the right fit, the right just the right players for what he needs. And remember, he's the kind of manager who likes small ball. That's something he and Joe Madden had in common. And as the league has moved away from that, it, it's a problem for him to try and find the right team for him. All right, um, he's, he's, hold on, real quick. He said he, he said it said that he's been asked to be a coach. Do you? I mean, I don't think he, I can't see him as a coach. Can you? After all that time? No, I think he. I think you yeah, would. I, it's not like he was fired from the Angels. It's not like he hasn't been proven. He hasn't proved himself. I think. Yeah. But we. I mean, of course, we're going to ask him. But he's. I mean, he's a manager now. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So, all right. Other stuff out there, real quick, want to point out, we won't discuss it too much because we're, we're going to talk about more and more as the Austin goes on. A really nice article a few years ago in The Athletic from Fabian Ardaya about Joe Adele. If you get a chance, go read it. It's I know some of you don't have the subscription, but basically it's talking about the waiting game that Adele has going up through minor leagues. He's close now on the doorstep. And his adjustments into AAA, which we talked about Adele's numbers a couple weeks ago on the show. Go check it out. A really, really good article by Ardaya, kind of catching up and explaining what was going on with him and the adjustments he had to make. Trust me, it's worth it. It's worth the read. Good stuff. But the one thing we did want to get to today, and we're going to keep a shorter podcast. I'm still under the weather, and Jared couldn't be here, and John is, well, John's just special. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I still I got to go look at my me and my me and Mike Sosha picture. I need to find a frame and pick a suitable frame for that one. <laughs> and give it, hey, give it to your wife my, because the one of my wife, the one of my wife and uh, and Sosha during first spring training it sits on my desk at work, right next to a picture of me and my wife and a picture of my daughter. So, yeah, you are going to gift it to your wife, definitely, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, she can put it on her desk. There you go. <laughs> okay. Right. Go so finally here, just some quick news here. Zach Wheeler is a, a guy who's been on the Angels radar. We've, we've suspected they would be on the Angels radar for a while now. And the first reports really coming out today 
about Wheeler per John Heyman of the MLB Network just this evening that Zach Wheeler is going to test the market and the teams that are looking at him include the Angels. My thought on him is if they can get him at a reasonable price, he may may be worth it. He's done well since coming back from Tommy John surgery. His velocity's up to around 96.7 miles an hour. According to this article, it's his second hardest free agent market, um, free agent, sorry, second hardest mark of any free agent star behind Cole. His numbers look a lot better. You guys actually pointed this out to me. I was a little bit lower on Wheeler, and then I really kind of gave it some thought and thought that, you know, maybe it's not the fact that he's, maybe it's not that he's a little bit overrated. Maybe it's who he's been playing for. And then I'm looking back at the numbers, and I'm like, well, you know, these are actually really good numbers. What I mean by is this. Last 55 starts, I'm reading this straight from MLB Trade Rumors. He's worked to a 3.47 ERA, a 9.0 Ks for 9 innings, 2.4 walks for 9 innings, 0.82 hard runs for 9 innings, 43.1% ground ball ratio, and 349 and two-thirds total innings. These last 55 starts. That's good stuff. That is above average spin in a ballpark like Angel Stadium that's a little, a little interesting sometimes. I think it will play well. You want, especially his ground balls. I think the Angels really need to continue consider taking a run at him. What do you think? I think he's a good. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, I think we've we've talked about him. I I don't think he. I don't think he's the number one that we get. He can't be the one guy and then somebody below him. I, he's got to be the sec. He's got to be the second starter we get. And I don't mean an order. I mean we need we need. Uh, well, like I said, according to this article, apparently he's he's ranked fourth, right? So as long as he comes with uh, Garrett Cole or Strasburg or uh, who else, I'm just thinking he needs to be. He needs to be the. He needs to be the set. He needs. He can't be our best. Our best signing. That's all. That's what I think. As a fan, I'm thinking. But he might wind up being that. Depends on where the Angels go. And there's a lot of question marks as to how much the Angels are going to spend. We asked this question last time, remembering that the luxury tax thresholds at 208. There are those who believe that the Angels may go to 180. They were about 170 through much of last year making some adjustments. It was around 159 to 170. How high will they be willing to go to, to put together what they need to put together this year? They could have well, up to $68 million-ish available. But Well, if, if Zach Wheeler's the, the top guy, then who's the second guy? I'm well, asking you because you're smarter than me. So that's <laughs> I'm not challenging you. I'm asking I you. I mean, it just depends. I mean, what does Garrett Cole do? What does Steven Strasburg do? Uh, Garrett Cole, he's going to have the Yankees chasing him, the Dodgers chasing him. He's going to have the Angels chasing him. The Astros will likely be involved a little bit. Some probably other low-flying teams might try and get in there. The Padres, I'm sure, will make a run at him. There's a lot of teams there, and I think a lot of people are taking it for granted that the Angels will just get him. But... It's really about what he wants, what what situations he's walking into. What if he wants the challenge of playing in New York and says, you know what, I'll, I'll pass by going back to the West Coast. 
What if the lore of playing in Chavez Ravine draws him in with a bunch of money? What if the idea that he would pitch with Shohei Otani and play with Mike Trout and and Albert Pujols and what, what if that's appealing? I, I don't know. I just don't. I, I just yeah. Call me naive. Call me the residents. I just don't see any of that being attractive to him. As long as the Angels can pay him the money, I think I think we're we're a strong strong number one. But then again, I also said Phil Jackson would never come back to coach Kobe, and I would bet my house on it. And he did. <laughs> he did. I always I always got to take it. Yeah, I got to take a little Lakers in there. <laughs> he did. For you, not for me. I just, anyways, you know, I think Strasburg has a good chance of going to either San Diego or going back to the Nationals. So at least Cole, and then your next crop, Odorizzi, who I'm not as impressed with. He's been much more inconsistent. Wheeler might be your best guy. But see, that's what I'm saying. I mean, I'm saying if Wheeler is is our ta- is the is our starting point, and it goes down from there. I just. Now I'm just looking as a fan because I am just a fan. I'm thinking, oh, really? Oh, so we didn't get we didn't get the big guys. We got Wheeler, and then and then yeah, I guess you know Orodizzi, oh. right? But but uh, that's the thing is his numbers that I just went over with are actually pretty good numbers. Those numbers, not the win loss. The win loss numbers I think are deceiving. I, I looked at him first glance. He's on a bad team. Yeah, and the numbers there. Put him on a team with an offense that's competing, and he could easily be a 17, 18, 19 win pitcher. So that could be a little deceiving for you. I just don't know how much they're willing to spend. I know that Fangraphs has him making around 17, 18 million a year. I forget what the exact number was. And Spot Track had him a little higher than that. And how much will teams be willing to pay him? And then who do you pair him with? Because you need to get somebody else. Bumgarner. That's that's Bumgarner? what I'm. That's what I. That's my concern. Is who do you pair him with? And by the way, I just want to say, because we've had, you've talked about this before. I think the Angels are a very uh, nice team. Nice team to look at where we're set up. I mean, we had incredible tragedy last year. Uh, you know, you know, <laughs> knock on wood. Uh, you know, nothing com- even remotely comparable happens. Uh, this year, um, we have Mike Trout. We have Shohei Itani. Uh, if we get two pitchers, pair them with um, uh, why can't Gr- Griffin Canny. I mean, we have – we are a very attractive team who just had some bad luck last year and some bad pitching. And if we get two pitchers, we don't have bad pitching anymore. We have Shohei Otani. We have two, uh, uh, you know, high caliber uh, free agents, whoever they turn out to be. We got a solid staff, and we're we were a solid staff away from. If we'd had a solid staff, we would have easily made the playoffs last year. Now, would we have won the World Series? I don't know. I can't say that, but depends on the staff. But I think the Angels are a very attractive option for anybody, especially Garrett Cole, since he lived literally miles uh, south of Angel Stadium. Grew up. Well, I I would love to see that happen. I think we all would. And I'm not sure how confident I am that they get cold, though, John. I just, I see the Yankees, the Dodgers there, and those two teams, 
if you get Cole on either one of those teams, they're probably World Series favorites. The Angels, you get Cole, they might be wild card favorites, or at least contenders. And you need another guy with them. Yep. And so, if you want to win now and get a couple more, get a chance for a ring or two, those are where you go. The Yankees are close. The Yankees, people don't realize how many Ten injuries years. The, the Yankees had. The injury, the, the Yankees had so many injuries this year, so many issues, and they still won over 100 games. They're close. The Dodgers, they're just a machine. They go. I don't know they're going to spend the money, but those options might be there. But the Angels, they're they're more of a work in progress, and I think the upside is there. I really do, but it's hard to see when you have a a minor league system that's been just kind of slowly making its way back, and you've had all these injuries, you've had a death, and now you have an investigation from MLB. You have a great manager, at least a highly regarded one. I don't know how Garrett Cole looks at it. So, well, I guess we'll see. For some reason, I'm not as confident as I was, say, a month ago, because I just you just got to take a, put the brakes on and think. You know, the Angels have to go in there and blow Cole away with an offer, and that inc- that means Scott Boris. And the Angels and Scott Boris have clashed so many times in the past. How many years is he going to want? How many years? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. You can get him. You get him. That's that's. And and you know what? And then we'll all be eight years from now or seven years from now. We'll we'll be people will be ripping on him like they rip on Albert Pujols, but they'll be happy now. But that's the thing, is with. I mean, I just think back. Think back to the C.J. Wilson interview and how we explain contracts. Let's just say Garrett Cole blows his arm out in year four. His career's done. Knock on one. Heaven forbid that ever happened to anybody, especially him. Angels can, Angels can claim insurance on that. I mean, so it's not this total loss, right? That's why teams structure these contracts the way they do. Now, Pujols kind of blew that out of the water because he's actually, he's rickety, but he stayed, he's still playing. But that's the, that's the conundrum the Angels are in. They're going to take a risk on a long-term deal, thinking, yeah, he he might blow his arm out at some point, and then we'll claim insurance, like they do with C.J. Wilson. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm just saying yeah. that's why teams make these contracts. So when people are saying seven, eight years, no way, actually, you know what? If you get four good years out of Garrett Cole, like four ace-level years, and then a couple just decent years as he has downslope, it's probably still worth it if they if they're competing. I'm not sure if you yeah, think about that. You say you say that on this end, but on the other end, which is where we are with Albert, people are ripped. You know, Albert gave us more than a more than a few good years. So, but well, unfortunately, the team was not competitive surrounding him. So, well, but the problem with Albert was from the moment Albert joined the team, he was never the Albert of St. Louis. Yeah, he started declining. He declining. Was, yeah, I understand. Yes, that. yeah, like. If Garrett Cole were to come in his first year here and start declining right away, then you're essentially in the same situation. That's the risk you take, though. And I think the I, I do think the Angels have to take the risk. They just need the ace, man. You need that ace. 
no question, no question. They have they have to go for him. If they don't get him, then then we'll talk about other people, talk about the other ones. But no, they have to go for him. They have to try. They have to spend whatever they need to spend early and often. All right, so folks, all that said, it's time for us to go. If you'd like to sponsor us, you can leave us a voicemail at 657-666-5453 or send us an email at talkinghamsgmail.com. We'd love to talk to you about it. You can find me on Twitter at DC Apollo. You can find John on Twitter at Jay's Crane John. Don't forget we're part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. All right, folks, you can find us anywhere. We'll be back midweek with Jared back on the show, hopefully. Hopefully he's available, and we'll discuss more of these free agent pitchers and maybe even get into free agent positional players. John, any final thoughts? Spend early, spend often. I think the early part's already kind of passed, but spend early, spend often. Uh, early. That, that's for Jared. Okay. That's winter meetings early. You're good. <laughs> All right, okay. buddy. <laughs> Take, it, Take easy. it easy. We'll be back midweek. Talk Happy about. Veterans Day again. Thank you. We're out. Whether you're moving in together for the first time. This can be your closet. Or you're a new parent to a little fur baby. Viva Paper Towels can help you maintain a clean home. They're two times more durable when wet compared to the leading value brand. So they clean like cloth, helping you pick up after your new pet in your new home. For an exceptional cloth-like clean, use Viva Towels. Visit vivatowels.com to learn more and start fresh with a clean feeling of home. The NBA is back. Where else can a city this loud be this slept on? And 30 feet is still in range. Where else is history? Still in the make. The NBA, only here. Season begins December 22nd on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.